Hey there, this is Jared. Hey, I just wanted to give you a quick warning. If you listen with your kids, I just want to give you a content warning. Sunday's sermon was on sexual purity, so we will be talking through the topic of sexuality and some maybe more uh, adult themes will be present. So just a fair warning to you before you listen with your kids. Hope you enjoy. Thanks. Welcome to the Grace Church Conversations podcast, a weekly resource to help you apply Sunday to Monday. I'm Jared. And I'm Craig. Man, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jared? I'm good. I feel like I'm on the verge of losing my voice for it, some reason. I hear that. Do you hear it now? I do hear I told it. you that when I first I got here. I didn't hear it until you were on the mic, but mm. now I hear it, so something something's coming. Yeah, I don't. I hope not. I hope not either. So I mentioned it to someone else today, and they said, oh, you sound like you're about to get sick, and I said, don't you say that. Yeah. Hey, don't get that negative confession off of me. Yeah, seriously. Sheesh. Dead silence. Yeah, okay. seriously. <laughs> Awkward silence. I don't know. Um, Man, what's going on with you? Well, uh, last week we sat in this very room. We did. Rob Tombrella joined us. He did. And you two, as you often like to do, you mock my lack of interest <laughs> and or knowledge in Star Wars, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. Yeah, which I, you know, I don't care about Star Wars at all. But uh, anyway, so it's you guys weird. were For all- For someone who doesn't care, you bring it up yeah, a lot. Yeah, well, no, you guys bring it up. So anyway, you guys were just talking, oh, going on and on about the Dis- <laughs> about Disney Plus and mm-hmm. how we can watch comic book characters in Star Wars 24-7, whatever. And Disney movies, wow. right? That was really <laughs> condescending, wasn't you it? You are so condescending. And uh, <laughs> so I wanted to share, though, I don't know where Rob's at and all this and mm. what's going on in your life, but I am now the proud owner of Disney+. Plus. Are you really? After all of that. And the reason is because you I have grandchildren. You heard talking about Star Wars. No, it's because I have grandchildren. Oh. Well, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's really condescending, too. Did you hear what I just called you and Rob? <laughs> yes. But, uh, no, no. But there's really good stuff on there. But I got it through. We don't we don't do promotions unless they wanted to sponsor the show. But yeah. my, but my uh, mobile phone provider provides Disney Plus for a year. You And you can write into the show. We'll tell you personally who that is. But we don't do advertisements <laughs> un, unless that, that company that starts with a V wants to, uh, you know, support our show. <clears throat> but at any rate, they give it free for a year. So I said, why not? I got it. And of uh, my grandson, one of my grandsons came over. We watched um, Up. Yeah. Th- That's a great movie. It is a great movie. Honestly, the did I see that? I saw that at the drive-in in Ohio. Yeah. And I remember I was sitting there with my friends and they do that opening montage where it goes from them meeting as little oh, kids yeah. to, you know, not to give anything away. But no, no. I mean, it's a it's, it's an a old movie. It's just, oh, my gosh. 2010. Yeah. It came out in 2010. I OK, think. well, yeah, then yeah. there's no spoil. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen it yet, no, no. just You're go fine. see it. But anyways, it goes from them meeting to right. like her being gone. And oh, my goodness. I was there with my friends and like just powering through like, oh, don't. Don't, don't, don't roll down my cheek. No, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, yeah, that's intense. That's not a bro movie. All the bros went and saw that. Dude, that's like one of those, that's one of those mo- moments where you just look around yeah. and you look at each other and you say, oh my goodness, what are they doing to us? Yeah, it, it, it was really well done. But <laughs> yeah. at any rate. Okay. Now, are you the proud owner of Disney Plus? I am. I actually went home that night. Well, now you're That telling, night? Yeah, that night. I looked it up and they were doing like the the free trial yeah. for a month. So we're trying it. And now you're telling me that. No, no, it's for a year. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what you do just you said. Do you have the same mobile provider? I, I do. And I'm wondering how, it's a year. how did you go about getting that? Well, let's talk off the air. Okay, yeah, that's good. <clears throat> I don't want to give my trade secrets away, but no, it's set for a year. <laughs> 
right. Yeah, you're going to have to help me with that. If but, I misread that, no, I don't think so. I'm pretty sure it's here. Yeah. That's pretty great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, we we logged in and we just went through everything that's on there. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Goodbye, Netflix. It's yeah. just sad. I yeah. don't know. I just there's like only a few things at this point that we'll dabble in on yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and so. I don't know. Based Disney on Plus, all, it's good. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Anything else new in your life? You know what I tried today for the first time? Uh, I went to Chipotle and I tried their carne asada. You know what? I saw the commercial. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't really watch commercial television, I must have seen it on YouTube. Probably yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Because uh, thinking, where do I see commercials? Yeah. Oh, probably on YouTube. So uh, I saw the commercial for the carne asada, which mm-hmm. I was not bought into living, mm-hmm. you know, all of my life has been in, except for two years, has been in California or Texas. And yeah. in both of those states, especially in California, you can get a serious carne asada burrito. Oh, I bet. So, and you can get that here too. So I just didn't think a national chain was going to pull off carne asada. No. And what's your verdict? Well, honestly, I, I thought it was good. Um, but I'll be honest with you when I pulled up there and went inside and I was looking at like the little bins of meat, they have the chicken, the steak, and then they have, you know, the barbacoa and now the carne asada. I looked at it and I, and I didn't, I was not struck with the thought that boy, that looks like it was freshly made. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't struck with the thought. Okay. Yeah. I thought. How about when you bit into it? That's probably the when I bit into it, it was, it was very good. Yeah. Um, I've had better, but like home cooked. Oh yeah. But you know, of course. So I didn't, I didn't really judge it. chain kind of fast casual. I thought it was good. Perfect fast casual. I mean, it's Chipotle, so it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, Yeah. I, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I would be okay with them keeping it around. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it'd be good. It'd be nice. I used to get steak all the time. I stopped getting steak and I've gone with chicken for about yeah, yeah. four years now. And I'm half and half. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah, you can get half and half. Yeah, that's good. But you've got to pay more. You get half and half, but you pay as if it's all steak. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Oh. But now, I don't know. I'm not going to make any claims because now I think I've only got a month of Disney Plus instead of a year. Now I'm nervous. As You're soon still as, thinking as soon as about we're that. done, <laughs> I'm going and looking it up. You're still thinking about I'm that? I'm still thinking about that. Cool. Well, you'll have to keep me updated. I, I I, if that's a whole year, I want in on that. Yes. So, okay. Anyways. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for listening again to you guys. As a reminder, you can text in your sermon-related questions to 469-573-2920. And we're going to get started here with some questions from Sunday. But Craig, honestly, I I thought you did a really great job with the text. Um, and the topic of sex is, is so, you know, it's, it can be divisive. It can be, uh, you know, shameful. It can be all those different things that might be experienced, but I just thought you handled it so well. Um, and honestly, I, you know, I remember listening to the redeeming sex series mm. from a couple of years ago that you did. And again, I just, I just think you handle it so well. And so, yeah, with such a potentially, um, I, I, I don't know, hurtful sure. topic. Um, and I'm sure there's been a lot of people who have been hurt by other yeah. preachers hand, handling the, the topic poorly. Yeah. Uh, I think you just excelled at it. So thank you for serving us in that way. And thank you for your sensitivity and, um, just really your, your commitment to the truth of scripture and really helpful. But we did get some really good questions and you ended the, the sermon talking about freedom groups. Really. Yeah. That was one of the applications. Yeah. That was end. one of the applications. And we actually got a comment in, it's not really a question, but, okay. I, but I thought it'd be really helpful to just read this. It's kind of someone just 
telling a short little testimony of their experience with pornography and finding freedom by going through the freedom groups. Okay, great. So would you be okay with me just reading that? Cool. So we received this in anonymously and thank you so much for sending this in, whoever you are. Really appreciate it. So here we go. They said this, thank you for the call to pursue holiness, particularly in sexual matters. I went through the freedom group a couple years ago and have found a level of freedom from addiction to pornography and masturbation that I never thought possible. This sermon was like a booster shot to remind me that we must not stop pursuing sanctification, but eradicate sin completely. Like John Owen said, be killing sin or sin will be killing you. I would exhort anyone struggling with such temptations and sin to go through the freedom group. God's will is that we learn to live with our bodies in a way that is holy and honorable to him. And that program is one step in that direction. Oh, that's great. It's really good. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. For folks, you know, this will be a strange podcast if someone didn't hear the message. um, Because the passage was not, it wasn't just on sex generally, but uh, like other passages of scripture are. But this was on specifically sexual immorality and sexual immorality for newer uh, these new Christians mm-hmm. who came out of a world that was far more sexualized than ours. And uh, as sexualized as our culture is, it was probably more so there. And I, I tried to make the point that, you know, one of the things I talked about sexual immorality was um, that we, we talked about it being um, sexual uh, conduct, sexual practices outside of marriage between one man and uh, one woman. But we talked about how when societies go promiscuous, it almost always advantages males. Mm. And I try, I give a number of examples. I tried yeah. to where, where you see that in our culture where women are, um, you know, taken advantage of, uh, yeah. and, and you see that as an area of sin. And I, I think, I think pornography, though the, the stats now are far more women view pornography than used to. So it's it's more equal opportunity, um, you know, uh, human degradation, I guess you could say, uh, because there are more women that look that, uh, you know, use porn than, than would have in the past. But yeah. it's largely historically been uh, for sure a male, uh, you know, a way to cater to male lusts and does mm-hmm. tremendous damage. Yeah. And it does tremendous damage in part because when someone begins to look at porn at a young age and then looks at it all the way into their adulthood, uh, they have a very skewed view about the purpose of sex because yeah. sex online, where you just move from place to place viewing what you want to view is all catered to one's own selfish interest. Mm-hmm. And yet biblical in the biblical, uh, account sex is, uh, for, you know, building, uh, intimacy. It's for pleasure. It's for, mm-hmm. uh, growing closer to another person through the, the act of, uh, being selfless, not yeah. selfish, you know, serving, serving the other. Yeah. yeah. That's the goal uh, for both, both men and women, not one or the other. Yeah. And so, because of that, um, <clears throat> pornography's danger is the. I think the danger of pornography is not just it's breaking the rules, and that's why I tried to talk about Sunday. When you talk about sex biblically, it's not a list of rules of do's. There are rules in the Bible, but it's not. It's not primarily just a list of these are the these are the acceptable uh, things you can do and people you can love. I, that's not the primary goal of it. The primary goal of it is God has created something as a gift uh, to be used. Um, and when used appropriately is, is, uh, transcendent really. Mm -hmm. 
but when when used inappropriately can do tremendous uh you know really tremendous damage and so yeah. pornography trains a person's mind and it, it it trains us to be thinking uh completely ultimately completely selfishly and so it does tremendous damage when somebody comes in uh, when it comes into a marriage and that's all they've seen that's that's their whole uh, or largely their education of what sex is about and it's uh it's misconstrued and and yeah. it does tremendous damage to people how many spouses um you know live with a sense of rejection because their spouse is more interested in porn than they are with in them yeah. you know and uh so it or it just does tremendous i think it it does uh does damage to people's souls it, yeah. it rewires your brain i mean there's mm-hmm. a sense this is all scientific this isn't bible stuff but right there's studies that show that it kind of rewires your pleasure. The, the yeah. stimuli tr- sort of uh, uh, stimuli trains your your uh, you, you know trains your brain to uh, respond in a certain way. So mm-hmm. it it rewires the pleasure centers of the brain. And, yeah. Um, and and not to mention the people who many people who are in pornography are there. Many of the women are there uh, in abusive contexts, mm. drugs. Um, tra- they may be trafficked in yeah. some instances or. Uh, and even if it is their own free choice and they're, you know, making this, maybe they claim to be a feminist and they're making this as their claim to, I can do what I want with my body. Even then, uh, they're still just, uh, even if it is their choice, they're still being consumed by others mm-hmm. and not mutually, um, in a relationship. So yeah. all that to say, the question wasn't on pornography, but all that to say that this person, I really appreciate what they say because they said, I, I took advantage of this and this man, we, we do it for men and women. So this man or woman, I don't, from the statement, I don't remember uh, him or her revealing their gender, but yeah. um, this person was really, really helped mm-hmm. uh, by that. And, you know, if you, I guess we could say if you are interested w- uh, in being in a freedom group, um, you can email, you usually give the address, but may I'll do it this time, but uh, you can email <laughs> Caleb, K, and it's K, looks like Khalib, but it's Caleb, K-A-L-I-B, uh, Caleb at gracechurchfrisco.org or Caleb.Wilkins. I think he'll get it if you just do Caleb, K-A-L-I-B. At gracechurchfrisco.org, if you're male, if you're female, you can email uh, Lori, L-O-R-I dot A-N, A-N-N, L-O-R-I dot A-N-N uh, at gracechurchfrisco.org. And uh, you can send her an email and let her know, tell her you'd like to know about the Freedom Group for Ladies. Um, and I don't think there's a secret sauce to it. I think it's... it's opening up about an area that's hidden and, and, uh, and coming out of the shame of darkness mm-hmm. and coming into the light yeah. and saying, this is who I, this is where I struggle and getting yeah. people who have the same struggle, who talk freely. And it's not an environment of judgmentalism. It's an environment of we're fighting together for one another. Yeah. We're not, we're not pointing at you and right. saying, you're a bad person. You're right. worse than we are. We're saying we're all it, sexually yeah. broken. People. <laughs> Come into the light with us, with <laughs> us. Yeah. And, <laughs> and not just for people in freedom groups, we're all sexually broken people yeah. who need the grace of God to help every one of us. So yeah, that's right. I think that's a really good, it's, it's a really good idea. So it's people, it's the word of God, the spirit of God, community, encouragement, mm-hmm. support, and, uh, and people have seen like this individual have seen tremendous yeah. freedom yeah. Hence, hence the name yeah and it's confidential too and it's so. confidential yeah no one knows i mean till you come to the group it, right. it is confidential yeah. uh so you email the person and that, that gets you in the group but yeah. uh it is confidential that yeah that's a thanks for saying that it's really good yeah it's really for good sure point. well i i think um 
and you said this in your sermon, it's just interesting that the, I, I feel like the biggest lie associated with sexual immorality is the lie that I'll be better off sinning against God than I would be if people found out about my yeah, sin. You right, know, we right. would, we would prefer keep it a secret and continue in yeah. sin than we would be to have people find out yeah, or something. Right. And and that's a lie. I, yeah. I think that's the secret is that when you do come into yeah. the light, you find tremendous freedom. In all areas of life. Yeah. In any time I live in reality and rather than try to cover who I really am, and this goes for any area of life, mm-hmm. but uh, try to cover, try to leave you with an impression that I'm someone that I'm not uh, rather than who I really am, someone that yeah. I'm not, um, that that is ultimately, uh, that's a trap that, yeah. uh, that, that we all nature, I, I want everybody to think well of me and love me and yeah. like me. And, you know, we all want to do, want that, but it's the reality of here's who I am and I need I need God and everybody mm-hmm. is, everybody is that way. So yeah. yeah thank whoever sent that in. Thank you for doing yeah, that. That's seriously. Thank you. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, on the topic of pornography, we got the next question. It said this, do you believe that a spouse's pornography use is biblical grounds for divorce? Why or why not? Yeah, that is a challenging question. I'm going to answer it and say, there are certain things that you just have to answer to a person. You know, now mm-hmm. if somebody says, "Is murder wrong?" I don't need to know your circumstances. Yeah. Um, you know, murder, killing is different, but murder is that's always wrong. Yeah. Um, so this one, I'm going to give an answer and then talk about it just a little bit, and then say if this is something that someone really wants to talk about. You know, please talk. Uh, set up a time. Let's talk with one of the pastors, or, or um, we'd be happy to chat with you personally if this is your situation. I think my short answer is generally no. It's not grounds for divorce. Possibly in some cases, yes. Um, and the reason, the, the the question that the person, the, the background of this question, I'm assuming, is Matthew 19, because that's the only time this is really talked about in the, in the Bible and, and in the parallel passages. Mm-hmm. But in that passage, what's happening is Jesus is arguing for people staying married because the Pharisees had, they had really, uh, had lowered the standards for getting divorced. Again, back to my point earlier, especially if you're a male, you know, you could, you could get rid of your wife for, uh, you know, most any reason essentially. Uh, And so there, there was this really loose commitment of someone wanted to get a divorce and Jesus brings up in Matthew 19 verse four, he says, you know, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. That's a quote. They said to him, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce to send her away? So why did Moses allow this? He said to them, because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. This is never God's intention is what he's saying. Uh, And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. So I'm, I think that's the passage they're coming out of with that question. So sexual immorality, if if that term is used broadly in the scripture, um, d- can it mean you know any sexual sin? I do think the term is used in the scripture generally broadly. I said that mm-hmm. in the sermon. Um, but I think the context always helps determine what it means. Yeah. And here he says, you know, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. 
Um, and he's also talking about one flesh, what God has joined together. Don't let man separate. So there is this idea of being one and then there being a breaking of that oneness. So here's, here's where I would go on this. I would say, you know, the person's asking if you've had no physical, I think this is the question. If you've, Mm -hmm. if you viewed pornography and you've not had a physical relationship with another person, you know, the Bible would say that spiritual adultery. The Bible says if you, Jesus said, Matthew five, if you lust, uh, after someone else that you're not married to, you've committed adultery in your heart. Mm -hmm. So I don't know a person on the planet that would say that's grounds for divorce. Okay. So someone would, I don't think would say, okay, walking down the street, my spouse looked at someone else and with a long, you know, in their heart, I know they were having a lustful thought. I want a divorce mm-hmm. because there, everybody would have grounds for a divorce. <laughs> you know, everybody has lusted in their heart at some point. So I, I, I don't think it can just be purely spiritual adultery, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, any fantasy about another person, any uh, romantic imagination about another person, uh, you know, while you're married or if that's a married person that you're imagining. Um, yeah, that's spiritual. That, that's all spiritual adultery, but not not grounds for divorce, I wouldn't say. I yeah. think. But this is where it's t- it's tricky because of technology. Mm-hmm. I, I think there are types of pornographic use um, used unrepentant over a lifestyle as a lifestyle with a hard heart by someone that's checked out of their marriage. Yeah, that can be so extreme that I think it does come into the category of pornea here, probably in mind. I'm, I'm going to read you a quote that I found helpful. I'm lo- I'm looking at a book here, Jared, called Married Di- Marriage. Divorce and Remarriage by mm. Jim Neuheiser. Uh, if you go to if you go to Amazon and just Google his name, I, this will come up. His last name is N E W H E I S E R. Jim Neuheiser. This will be in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. As of last week, we got show notes. <laughs> Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. All it is is a Q and A book. So he throws out a question and then he answers it. <clears throat> and I would say you don't have to agree with all of his answers, but they are well thought through. And he, he uses the Bible as his source for his answers. So mm-hmm. even if you read the book and go, you know what? I didn't 100% agree with every answer he gave. It's a very good book. And yeah. he's, he's raising topics and thinking about them in a way. So he has a whole section on what about lust and pornography. And he says, you know, what, what are the grounds for divorce? Uh, how does this word porneo, which is in... Um, is the word for sexual immorality, is the grounds for divorce. And by the way, grounds for divorce doesn't mean you have to divorce. It just yeah. means that uh, biblically you can divorce and remarry if yeah. your spouse commits physical adultery. For sure, that's mm-hmm. the case. Uh, but you don't have to. Yeah, I think, I think that's important for yeah. you to say, too. Yeah. There's no biblical command to divorce. No, it's not re- It's not even recommended. No. It's, it's an allowance, though. Yeah. It's an allowance. The person could choose to forgive, Yeah. Um, but they wouldn't be required to in this case. I mean, you'd be required to forgive, but not to remain married to someone who commits physical adultery. Mm -hmm. So he says in here, um, you know, what about, he's talking about technology because technology gives the opportunity through uh, video sex, internet chat rooms, et cetera, the means to connect with someone, you know, and he says, um, and he gives a couple of extreme examples here, but I'm going to read them. I said some extreme things probably on Sunday, but if you're, I assume you're not listening in the car with kids in the car at this point. But if you are, definitely turn it off now. Uh, Someone who is truly repentant will address the sins of his heart that lead to such a sin as, you know, ongoing pornography, not a glance, but 
ongoing pornography use, as well as taking radical steps to cut off the temptation. He gives scriptures for all that. Usually when one spouse struggles with private lust, the other should seek to come alongside the struggler as a helper as they seek to fight this sin together instead of condemning or judging. Mm -hmm. So in the first place, if it's a minor, occasional, it happened, you know, the, the approach is how can I help another person? And ultimately, where, they, where can they get some help? He says, on the other hand, there is a difference between a spouse who fights against lust but occasionally stumbles and a person who relentlessly pursues sexual sin through mm. pornography and masturbation without apology or effort to change. I have known men who had no interest in their wives sexually because of their willful addiction to private sexual sin, which may also constitute the sin of abandonment, he says. Mm. Some men's pornography habits involve bizarre or even illegal perversions. Mm. And there he's talking about such, he says, including child pornography uh, and torture. For example, one woman was convinced that her husband was guilty of porneia, the sexual immorality, after he was caught in the act of voyeurism. Voyeurism. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, did I get make sure I got the syllable right? Voyeurism, including installing a hidden camera in their oh, shower by goodness. which he viewed female house guests and family members. While every effort should be made to save a marriage affected by lust, I believe there are cases so severe that they may qualify as porneia and would be grounds for divorces mm. here. So I, to say, is pornography grounds? Well, okay, that's really a question. Somebody looked one time at a pornographic image. That grounds no. But you, it's not a simple question to ask. What yeah. about someone whose heart is so hardened yeah. that they're unrepentant, unwilling to get help, and they're looking at, for instance, child pornography. That's that's illegal. That's going to be reported to the authorities. Yeah. That's a crime yeah. and very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, or someone like you was saying, it's pornography that uh, um, is using... The, a means of filming to uh, do something illegal as well with yeah. the other stuff he was doing. Um, so I think we have to ask those questions. I think another question I would ask in this situation is there's lo- all pornography is sin mm-hmm. um, and all pornography is understandably offensive to the marriage partner, yeah. uh, the, to the spouse who's not looking at the porn. So, uh, but there are, there are degrees of, uh, how this works out for sure. So for instance, I think where there's personal contact, he used the word chat rooms. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what the video term actually is, but I have counsel people who have not just looked at a video, um, which is serious, but have interacted live with a person uh, on uh, on their video of their of their laptop mm. or phone or whatever, they're engaging with a person. They're having a relationship. They're talking, mm. and they're uh, experiencing sexual activity. Uh, they're masturbating. They're experiencing sexual activity with a, you know another person. They're separate by camera, but this is a person, a stranger. It's someone yeah. they met on an app. It's someone on a uh, a pay. I don't know what the term pay per view. <laughs> I want to call it pay per view, but that's boxing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a pay whatever. Yeah. Um. So. That, okay, that's a different level than mm-hmm. uh, someone. They the it came in the mail and they looked it. They looked uh, a guy looked at the um, Victoria's Secrets Secret catalog. Ad. Yeah, that's where I was going. The Victoria's Secrets catalog. Okay, you should, dude. You shouldn't be lusting at the Victoria's Secrets catalog. But can we all acknowledge that it's very different to be exposing yourself sexually, looking at someone else sexually, having sexual conversation uh, on a camera with somebody on on a porn thing. Can we all ignite? That's a different level. Uh, Both are sinful, Mm -hmm. but, but they're, but they're, 
just ask your spouse. They're e- they're not equal in terms of how the person feels betrayed, yeah, offended, uh, dehumanized, degrade. You know, it, it's not all the same. Mm-hmm. And so, I think is it grounds generally no. Uh, yeah. I think generally there needs to be. It's a physical relationship that breaks the the. Um, the union, the covenant union, but I think in we live in a world where um, physical and digital, it, it just kind of all, it, it's just different. That's what I'm yeah. trying to say. So you got to have a conversation. Are they doing? Is there? What's the level of the hardness of their heart? And he also even talked about the sin of abandonment. I think it's possible for a person who professes Christianity, if they are just unrepentant after mm-hmm. every means of help, help yes. realizing we all struggle, coming alongside, patience, forgiveness. Every means, you know, uh, counseling, some, some, what every everything, every means of counseling, whatever it takes to get help, mm-hmm. and they just are unrepentant and unwilling. I think yeah. there's a place to say this is this is person's not acting like a Christian, yeah. and there there needs to be a process for saying, you know what, uh, that this person, you know, after a serious uh, unrepentant lifestyle, is treated like an unbeliever and has really kind of abandoned their marriage. Yeah. They've abandoned their commitment to Christ yeah. and it they're and they've abandoned their marriage. They, yeah. It's a different, that's a different conversation yeah. as well. So it's, it's just too nuanced. I hope mm-hmm. my reading of Neuheiser and what I just said shows that it's, it's too nuanced to say yes or no. My answer yeah. is generally no, yeah. but there are, there are levels of perversion that, uh, and ongoing unrepentant activity that has to be, factored in the mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. I think, I think that's good too. Um, like you said, it, it's never, um, you know, just on its own generally, like you had said, right. No, but I think, you know, in, and just reading that from, from the book and some of the things yeah. you had brought up in your experience of, of hearing right. from other people, you know, pornography on its own generally, no, but it very easily leads to things sure. that very clearly really are, Um, you know, I, uh, he, he mentioned the abandonment and you mentioned that as well. I actually, I, I knew a couple who, um, they were married and he, it it went from a struggle to, I just want this. Yeah. And, uh, he effectively just kind of shut down and just was in his sin and gave himself over to it. Yeah. And she was fighting for their marriage. She wanted to reconcile things. She wanted to fix things and she was pursuing him and he just didn't want to have anything to do with it. And and they're divorced today and it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to watch. Um, but yeah, I just, I think that's like, that's the danger of, um, you know, it's not just, uh, yeah, I think that's the live pornography is like, this is harmless and no one has to know. And no one has to know. And nobody's getting hurt. Yeah. No Uh, one's getting hurt and all that, but it, it escalates to where someone is getting, getting hurt, uh, you know, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we, We, I think you've mentioned in other conversations about this, but it's a sin that beckons you towards towards the more real thing. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you might start off just saying I'm looking at porn, but one day you might be doing what you were saying yeah, yeah. on a video chat with yeah, somebody. Yeah, right, right. Or one day you might be calling up a prostitute, you yeah, know? Right. It, and so it, it <laughs> kind of like what this person was saying before talking about freedom groups, it's not harmless and it's not, uh, it's not something that you can hide forever. Yeah. Um, and I think the grace of God is kind of calling us in, you know, who struggle with this to, to, uh, in whatever terms, maybe you want to say it's in your terms, bring it into the light rather than waiting for it to be found out. And it'd be much, much worse. I think so. And you know, one thing that's interesting, I haven't studied this topic a ton, 
So when someone opens up with that, you know, take what they say with a grain of salt. But this is there's a lot of places where the secular world, <clears throat> just the world, I'm calling it secular because mm-hmm. it distinguishes it from uh, a Christian mindset. But there's a lot of places where the world looks at the church and just says, your values and your ideas are crazy. And mm-hmm. I, I think that really happened, obviously, in the sexual revolution of the 60s. Yeah. The church is outdated. The church is puritanical. And the church uh, didn't talk about sex well. And, and I'm not, I don't think we do now. I don't think I do. I, I, don't think we, I think we got a long way to go, so I'll sure. own that. But, but in the 60s sexual revolution, it was a pushing back against standards and norms. But today, um, you will find people in the medical community and in the psychological community uh, that would not be Christians, but would say the damage that they see uh, by pornograph- mm-hmm. by pornography use, where they would not say, hey, that's sexual freedom, where they would say, this is going to destroy you, your yeah. marriage. And they would also be able to track how yeah. this affects you physiologically and how it, le- and how it can lead, um, it, how there's an addictive nature to it that yeah. like all addictions aren't satisfied with the current level of... Um, stimuli and need something greater. It works like an addiction like that. And and so there are people who would say, I don't believe in Jesus. I I don't believe sex outside of marriage is wrong. Uh, but I see the damage of pornography and I counsel people in my practice all the time. I think it's interesting to point that out. When when we're talking about this, we're not talking about puritanical, uh, Christian, uh, narrow minded, uh, self-righteousness. We're talking about something that is damaging and tearing apart lives mm-hmm. and marriages. And um, and I believe we have an answer. I believe in the gospel, we have an answer to help people. And uh, so that's the good news of this and where freedom can come, I th- where we have seen people um, experience freedom and in, in, in marriages restored and, yeah. and, uh, and single people, uh, not just marriages, but single people helped obviously as well. So the reason I point that out is... Um, if you are struggling, listen, this is universe. It's universally, you know, recognized, uh, the various kind of dangers that can mm-hmm. come in and you want to, um, get, avail yourself of the help that's available. And, yeah. uh, and like you said, kept, you know, raise your hand, ask for some help and, uh, realize that, uh, we didn't use stats tonight because the, the message sure. wasn't even about porn. I think yeah, I mentioned, yeah. it, you mentioned but it, but it wasn't even the met that wasn't even <laughs> what the message was about. But, uh, but I do think, um, you know, uh, it's so widespread that they're, they're, it, to acknowledge you have an issue is not to say like you're, you're like one in a hundred, not, not at all. It's very common. So come and, uh, and get help with a common problem and meet a, the uncommon power of the gospel, yeah. uh, to, to bring, bring life change for yeah. you. So that's good. Yeah. Um, just on a side note, if you are interested in more of the statistics and stuff, I think the website fight the new drug has done a really good oh, job okay. of compiling yeah, yeah. information, yeah. scientific information. Yeah. Now the, you know, just as a warning it is, I think it's a Mormon, uh, website. It's yeah. a Mormon kind of outreach thing towards, you know, people sure. who struggle with pornography. So we're not endorsing everything they might say about sure. the gospel or scripture or anything like that, but they've done a good job of compiling scientific yeah. research. So yeah. if you're interested in learning more, oh, uh, fight, the new, uh, fight the new drug.com, I believe. So, all right, well, let's get to our last question. Thank you for, uh, for, um, uh, answering that question. Sure. Here we go. You briefly discussed the unmarried in the sermon. How do you think our church needs to grow practically in more fully ministering to the unmarried of all ages, not just people in their 20s, in our midst? 
How can families in our church truly start treating the unmarried as spiritual family and not just spend time with their own physical families or other families? Yeah, this is a great question. And at the and during the message, I raised um, the idea that we need to honor. And uh, I, t- I tried to raise two things I think we need to recover. One is the nature of holiness. It's not some kind of um, you know, we think of it as like restrictive and loss. The mm. Bible shows holiness of all kinds yeah. as flourishing, fruitful, abundant, joy, life, bright, the way it was intended to live. So yeah. holiness, we misunderstand that word. Uh, and um, it's a good, really good thing. Uh, and then it, holiness is, and then the other word was just, or not the word, but the idea was we need to reclaim the value of uh, singleness, singlehood, yeah. single life, single person, single men and women, single adults. Yeah. We need to reclaim that because it, it, in the in the um, in the church, we have our own idols in the church, and I, I think marriage and family is one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I I mean I got to honestly admit I've got blind spots here. I know because I've been married for so long um, that I you know I. I don't think in the same way or experience life through the same lens that a single adult does, you know? So that's where, when they say, how can our church grow? I'm not advertising that our church is doing great here. That's where I was trying to say Sunday, we need to grow in highlighting godly people that serve the Lord and do live, uh, live a, uh, choose to live a celibate lifestyle. You know, that, that is something to be commended. Um, uh, so I didn't. I just. I didn't talk a lot about sex and singles. But in terms of this question, um, I'd love to hear from singles. You know, let, yeah, let one of sure. the pastors know, or your small. Well, one of us. Let us. One of us know. I was going to say your small group leader, whoever, anybody in leadership. Let us know ways that um, you know that would be meaningful for you to be. Um, you know, if you feel. Um, separated or mm-hmm. outside the spiritual family, I think yeah. is the language they used. What would that, what would it look like to be on the inside? One, one thing I would say is this, that, uh, you know, everybody feels outside in some ways. I mean, yeah. this isn't just a marriage single thing. This is a human thing and we're not home yet. And so there's always loneliness and, you know, isolation and feel like we don't fit. We all experience that in different areas mm-hmm. of our life. But in this area, one of the things we've tried to do in the church, and I'd like you to comment on this too, Jared, because you actually are uh, you know, one of the primary leaders of Rooted, which is for younger singles and marrieds. But one of the things we've tried to do in the church is to have integrated um, community groups. Yeah. I don't mean, of course, they're racially integrated. This is the 1950s. So, this is the 1950s yes. Alabama, and we're yes. advertising, we've got integrated small groups. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. No, of course, they're racially integrated. Uh, they're also integrated men men and women. Yeah. Um, we have men and women together. But uh, but they're also, when I say integrated, I meant... Um, generationally. Yeah, generationally and, and uh, single married. Yes. So, uh, we have older folks, younger folks, and then singles and married. So it's since we have two contexts in the life of the church that are our foundation, Sunday morning and community group. Yeah. Um, because of that, all of those contexts are not separated by, uh, you know, by status of single or married. It's all together. So the sort of the place where we form relationships, where we use our spiritual gifts, where we serve together, where we make friendships, singles and marrieds are together. Yeah. And uh, I think it's on the marrieds here. If you're listening to this and you're a married person, it's on us as marrieds, I believe, to um, to uh, look to actively include singles mm-hmm. in our lives 
Uh, look to actively, if you got kids, include them with your family. Oftentimes singles, are, they're not going to just call you up and say, hey, let's get together. If you yeah. got, you know, you got two or three kids or, or more, you got a lot going on. They assume you're busy. But I think looking to include um, with our families, this, it, that's an important thing to look for. If you're just single, not just looking for single friends, if you're married, just looking for married friends, if you're a parent looking for other people who share your exact status or not status station, whatever. I don't know mm-hmm. what the word is, but uh, your circumstances is what yeah. I mean to say. I, I think we have to be thinking about how can I relate with people who are at a different place uh, than I am in their life? What can I learn from them? And this person says, what about older singles? So we have mm-hmm. wi- widows, uh, widowers yeah. or, or folks who've never been married and are older, um, you know, uh, are are we looking? Are the marrieds in our church looking to include them? And I, and I, I that'd be a question for them to for single adults to answer. I I can't answer that. I don't yeah. know how we're doing. My suspicion is okay in some ways and and poorly in others. You know, yeah. or maybe great in some ways and poorly in others. So I'm sure there's a range. But yeah. that's part of the reason we. Uh, structure the life of the church the way we do. Now we do have Rooted, which has a lot of singles in it. We mm-hmm. do have Reengage, which is a program for marrieds. Yeah, but things like we're talking about the Freedom Groups, those are singles and marrieds. They're both in there, yeah. or uh, any ministry in the life of the church is singles and marrieds together. Yeah. So we think that's a real value yeah. uh, to build family. So that, yeah, uh, there's some sure. thoughts, but I'd love to hear from our singles, and I, we do want to grow. And this is a really important time with with the holidays coming mm-hmm. up as well to not be isolated as families, yeah. but to seek to yeah. reach out th- both within good. and outside the church. Yeah, that's good. I mean, um, I think we can talk like more theoretically, like you know, just in general, we we're called to live life together, and that's kind of what you were talking about. Why yeah. we do community groups the way we do. We don't want to just have have different, you know, uh, <laughs> different s- circles within our church. The, right. All the single people are together. All the married people are together. All the married people with kids are together. All the grandparents are together. We don't want that. Yeah, we want right. people living life together, learning from one another, helping one another grow to be more like Christ together. Yeah. Um, and we do that, you know, by... Uh, rubbing shoulders with people that have different circumstances from us and uh, learning from one another, um, other people that are in a different place of life. Um, but y- just practically, I you touched on it just for a second there, but I think that's a really cool uh, idea to just say like, hey, during the holiday seasons, that can be a time that single people feel kind of like, you know, should I just hang out with my friends? Yeah. Should I go home with mom and dad? You know, maybe maybe they're in college and their parents don't live here. And maybe yeah. they're thinking, like, should I go home? Uh, you know, there's all kinds of different circumstances where they may just kind of not feel like they know the, you know, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Um so that could be kind of a cool uh, idea is just like, hey, if you've got room at your table or if you don't have room at your table, make room make at your room, table yeah. and invite some people to join you for Thanksgiving. Invite yeah. some people to to join you for Christmas, um, it, you know, bring someone along and include them into the life of your family. Yeah. Um, be their friend. Walk with them. Um, you know, we talked about this idea of, you know, primarily sexual purity. Yeah. So how do we, you know, married people walk with single people? We we talked about this in Rooted, actually. You brought that up. Rooted, our young adult ministry here at Grace Church. We talked about this when we talked about sexual purity, of this idea that we need to be consistent in how we view sexual purity, whereas, you know, we might say, hey, I need to fight pornography for myself as a single person, but I don't give a rip about the the 
about the strength of the marriages in the church I go to. Yeah. Or as married people, we say like, Hey, are you having a lot of sex with your spouse? And is your marriage going really well? And you know, are you guys communicating? But you know, there's single people struggling with pornography and you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's consistently walk with one another and reach kind of across those, those natural boundaries that Mm -hmm. I think we tend to, to lean towards, you know, um, I just had a baby. So now I, you know, maybe the tendency is now like, Oh cool. I can, I can join the parent club. I'm no longer in just the young married club, you know, and, and those are not biblical categories of relationship. Those are, uh, nor nor are they rungs on the ladder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Actually, when you have your first kid, you find out how immature you really are. Right? (laughs) It's like, Oh, I thought I was way more mature than this. (laughs) This baby, He's more mature than I am. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, all that's to just say, the, you know, let's fight against, you know, those tendencies to, to group together in our own, you know, with people in our own circumstances. But also let's take interest in the purity and uh, the holiness yeah, sure. of people who are maybe in a different circumstance yeah. than us. And then surprisingly, you know, maybe people that are in surprising circumstances that we don't think about. Like this person said, uh, you know, how can we grow practically and more fully ministering to the unmarried of all ages? All ages. Not just people in their 20s. So yeah. you brought up, you know, people that are older yeah. who are, who have lost a spouse maybe, yeah. you know, they, you know, they have not lost the the desire for relational sure. intimacy. Sure. They have not lost, in, in many friends, cases, yeah. yeah. And in many cases they haven't lost the desire for sexual intimacy sure. either. And so uh, they're fighting for sexual purity sure. just as much as, you know, a younger person might yeah, be or right. a um, middle-aged person who yeah. isn't married, you know. So I just think we need to open our eyes. I, you know, I don't have all the answers, neither do you. And and that's kind of why we're reaching out and saying like, Hey, tell us how we can, how can we minister better? But, uh, you know, I, I think we need to open our eyes that, you know, my circumstances and the, maybe the sexual struggles that I'm walking in are not the only ones. Um, let's walk together with other people and, and really, uh, let's, let's fight with one another. Let's, let's help each other. And, and, um, you know, spur each other on. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I, and last thing I want to say on this is, um, I think just to give a plug for community group again, I know I talked about it a lot, but that is the place. And, you know, to jump in, if you are married or single and not in your part of Grace Church um, and and not a part or maybe you're part of another church, not part of a small group. I think the small group is really where this uh, where this does happen. This is the most natural place for us to open our lives and to, and to practically, you know, befriend one another, you know, different groups do different things, but there's a lot of social, some of the groups do social stuff, hanging out together or, you know, yeah. that sort of thing, marrieds and singles together. So I think this is where the sort of the lifeblood of the social um, connections and friendship and, you know, what the, where we practice what the New Testament calls the one another's bearing one another's burdens or on the other hand rejoicing with mm-hmm. one another so it's where we where we do highs and lows of life together and where you know um everybody knows your name you know yeah. like the old cheers oh, that's before your and time everybody knows your yeah. Oh, you do know that. Yeah, I know that. Okay, cheers. Yeah, come on. Uh, cheers, brother. Uh, so at any rate, <laughs> that's after the show. Oh, just kidding. Uh, oh, but at any rate, funny. but so yeah, that's where uh, that th- th- this is where we where I think this is where the context 
where we can most naturally work out these kinds of friendships and yeah. relationships. Yeah. So uh, let's take advantage, uh, certainly take advantage of that. But that was a great question, and I, I feel yeah, I feel like uh, somewhat dissatisfied with my answer. You had some good points, but <laughs> I was kind of like struggling. Yeah, well, how are we doing? How do we grow? I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we want it matters. I will say this. Yeah. It matters, and we want to we It's want an to ongoing it's question. It's an ongoing conversation, yeah, yeah for sure. For all, sure. The, all this is. Yeah. So, so um, boy, we're going to be moving on in First Thessalonians. We're going to talk a little bit about in the next section. It's kind of about a little bit about work sort of yeah. the next section's about Jesus coming back so man there's a lot of topics and uh for Thessalonians it, uh, it ain't boring stuff's yeah. ha- stuff's there's happening all kinds of stuff stuff's happening in that and book. then after that Christmas time and then Christmas that we hit Christmas oh man it's gonna be good yeah we're gonna hit Christmas I and then wait. uh yeah it's 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 a fast slide yeah I mean really after this Sunday this isn't next week Thanksgiving week I think so yeah so after this Sunday it's a slide into January yes, one that's right Wow. With, uh, just you just enjoying this because this is your season. This is where you oh, come alive. Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. And yeah. that's where you come alive. I, I love it as well. Yeah. But you were talking about it in August. That's the oh, difference man. in me. <laughs> so, Dude, I love Christmas. And, and it's now, the best time. And now you've got your Disney Plus. Yeah. And you're just going to be, it's going to be a great and, season for you. Yeah. Too. It truly is the most wonderful time of no the year. Doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Cool. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for. Man. Uh, you know, taking the time to answer these questions. And thank you to our listeners for asking these questions. These are just really good, really important questions. So as a reminder, you can text in your sermon-related questions to 469-573-2920, or you can email in those same questions or any comments or feedback or ideas that you have for us or, you know, just a listener mail. We'd love to hear from you at podcast at gracechurchfrisco.org. And we'll see you again next week. Thanks. Craig. (laughs) Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Craig. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye.